Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we work to recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Learn more at metronmanager.com. Okay, welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Nowlin. You know, today we have the opportunity to talk with the president and CEO of Work Matters, David Roth. You know, David joined Work Matters in 2003, and he's seen the organization grow tremendously since that time. Well, I'm a big fan of Work Matters, and I was first exposed to their ministry back around 2012. It's been really powerful to be part of their conferences over the years and encounter so many people who have been transformed through their experiences with Work Matters. So, David, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate it. I'm excited to talk with you and and uh, and to talk with your listeners. That's great. So, David, Work Matters has a widespread name recognition. You know, it has been around as an organization for a long time. But what got you involved? What was the journey? Uh, what did it look like? How did that happen to get you where you are now? Yeah, no, great question. I, I um you know, I, I, one of the things I love most about this job that I have is, is hearing people's stories and, uh, and see how cool it is to see how God orchestrates our lives. And so for me, you know, it's just amazing, um, and completely unexpected to be leading work matters for 18 years, <laughs> uh, and sitting here talking to you today, but I just, um, I love to share my story because I think it's it's got so much application to your audience and uh, just this whole idea of faith and work. But just as a little backdrop, I, I, I'm an Arkansas guy. Uh, I grew up in a great Christian family. Um, I began to learn about purpose early in my life. When I was in high school, I was into sports and played a lot of basketball and baseball. And I only mention that because it really it gave me great purpose at a young age. Oh. And then when I went to school, to college uh, at the University of Arkansas, like many college students, I just had no purpose. Mm. I, did, I didn't connect with the academic vision of what, what I should have been connecting to. Uh, but I just spent four years, you know, really kind of rudderless and faithless in, in college. But when I got my first job, um, I really discovered purpose again. Uh, I, I found that God had given me uh, certain gifts and skills. I love the community aspect of work. I love the challenge of work. Uh, my dad grew up on a rice farm and played football for the Razorbacks. Wow. And so we, we had a great work ethic, you know, when I was growing up. And so all those things together just began to uh, result in some success. It really kind of surprised me. And so early on, I, I really saw real purpose and meaning in work and you know, as I look back on my journey, um, calling really had a huge impact on my life. It's just been so amazing to see how God has moved me from from kind of career to career, assignment to assignment. So really, if you step back from my story, it, it really falls in two chapters. Um, the first 20 years of my 
adult life and, and career in the workplace. I call it my uh, Sunday Christian uh, 20 years. And the second 20 years were, uh, I call pursuing God. So two very different faith orientations to my, to my journey. My first job was, uh, uh, believe it or not, in Harrison, Arkansas. But in the early 80s, which will date me right off the bat, <laughs> um, the um, retail, retail grocers did not distribute their own non-food items. They outsourced that to a whole other industry. And I worked for the largest um, wholesale distribution company in the United States for about five years right out of college. They got bought by um, a, a company called McKesson Corporation out of San Francisco, and my first calling experience was living in Harrison, Arkansas <laughs> at the age of 25 years old, single. And I just like, I do not want to spend the rest of my life, you know, living here. And so I really set out on a, on a, a month long adventure. I read a book that most people have never heard about anymore called What Color Is Your Parachute? It used to come out every year and it was huh. kind of the guide for how to, how to really determine your calling. Through that experience, I ended up having the blessing of getting hired by McKesson uh, to work in their corporate headquarters. So I moved out to San Francisco. So talk about a 180 yeah. from Harrison, Arkansas to living um, you know, in Pacific Heights in San Francisco wow. was quite an <laughs> experience. Uh, worked there for three years and um, loved it. Uh, and then I got a, an interesting phone call. In my first job, I had um, got to know a software company, a supply chain management software company, whose software I was responsible for implementing in our purchasing department. And I, I built some relationships there, and they called and asked me uh, to join their company. It's called a company called American Software in Atlanta. Hmm. They wanted me to move to Cologne, Germany and lead the implementation of their software at Ford Europe. Wow. And so it was a six-month gig, all expenses paid. I had this fantastic job at McKesson, but you know, I was 30 years old, I was still single, and I thought, wow, six months in Europe, uh, I mean, how, how, how do I turn <laughs> that down? And so I made the first of many mistakes in my career, but I, I took a job for all the wrong reasons. Hmm. And two days after I resigned from McKesson, Ford canceled their project. Oh, wow. So I had gone to, wow. I had gone to work for this software company um, with the intention of going to Europe and wasn't going to happen. And so they were awesome. They said, hey, we still want you. If you want to move to Atlanta where our headquarters are, you're welcome to do that. And I, I had had uh, enough of the West Coast, and so I wanted to move back to the South. So I moved to Atlanta, and God – God redeems all of our stupid decisions, it seems. And Amen, right? <laughs> so as it, yeah, as it turns out, my wife, Teresa, was actually working in that software company. And so that's okay. where we met, um, got married, and had our first child there in, in uh, Atlanta. I ended up um, working my way up to vice president of marketing for that software company. And then our largest competitor a company called Manugistics called and and uh, recruited me into their company. I was super excited about that. They had a tremendous culture. They were well known in the marketplace for that. And I was um, humbled to be able to be the the senior VP of marketing there and be a part of their executive team. And this was in the in the late '90s, 
when supply chain management was just taking off. Walmart right. was, it was big news at Walmart and software companies were starting to kind of pop up to, to actually do supply chain management. Yeah. Um, we had an incredible four years there and grew the company from about $30 million to about $200 million. And, um, and I, I had a ball on that job, but that really was the end of my first 20 years that that Sunday Christian uh, theme that I mentioned earlier, yeah. all through those 20 years, all through the jobs that I just walked you through. Um, I, my faith was, was, it was there. It was meaningful to me, but it was really a kind of Sunday thing or when I needed God kind of thing. And I did, I know that there are so many Christians that still live in that Sunday Christian lifestyle. Sure. They have a faith, they go to church potentially, but they just don't have the mindset to, to live it every day. And so um, I had really the first major event in my career happen. The company I just mentioned, Manugistics, we were a publicly traded company and we missed our earnings expectations two quarters in a row. Hmm. Our stock plummeted. Uh, I went to dinner with my boss, who I loved, and came home unemployed. Hmm. <laughs> and so it was really the first, wow, the first kind of major failure, if you will, that I experienced in my in my career. And I learned so much about that. And there's so much um, that happened in that season of my life that God was just preparing me to use when I began to work at Work Matters. And so I really needed uh, to really get my priorities reoriented. I was telling people it was God, family, and work, but it was it was mostly work, family, and you know, faith, you know, was squeezed in kind of wherever I could. Right. And through that process in where I was in between jobs, uh, God just really got my attention. That's why I have a huge heart for uh, business leaders that are between jobs. In fact, in 2008, when the recession hit, <clears throat> We pivoted, Work Matters pivoted as an organization and launched a new ministry called the Joseph Project, which okay. was intended to uh, to help business people between jobs. And so that was just so interesting to, you know, to go through that experience in the late 90s. And, and God used that as preparation for us to, to launch one of our Work Matters ministries there. But in that process, um, my wife and I decided that we really didn't want to live in Washington, D.C. Um, and raise our kids there. And so we decided to move back to Arkansas. And uh, I had the blessing uh, to go to work at J.B. Hunt. And that was really the beginning of my second chapter that I mentioned, okay. just really pursuing God, just chasing God. And two things happened there. Um I, um, the church that my wife and I went to, Central United Methodist Church in Fayetteville, um, was just perfect uh, in, in that season of our life. And we just really started going deep in our faith, started um, leading small groups and teaching classes. And at the same time, as our faith was really taking off, um, I began to think about how do I take this this kind of this growing faith that I have and live it in the workplace. It just didn't make sense, you know, that so many people just kind of leave that at the, at the front door. And so I made a decision that I was going to start watching leaders at J.B. Hunt that I knew were Christians and just see how they 
how they integrated their faith in their work. And they, oh. they didn't know I was watching them, um, but I was. So, you know, in meetings, uh, when we were, I was in sales and marketing at J.B. Hunt and, you know, when we were, you know, in another city and taking clients to dinner, how did they act at dinner? Um, if a client wanted to do something that just ethically wasn't in our wheelhouse, you know, would they do it just to close a deal or, and I, and, and I mean, they were human, but I was amazed at how they lived out their faith in such an ethical manner in the workplace. And, uh, and it became really my, the beginning of my personal DNA of what faith and work should really look like. They weren't praying in meetings uh, they weren't necessarily sharing the gospel overtly. It was just, you know, this is who I am. I'm a follower of Christ, and this is the way I'm going to treat people. This is the way I'm going to behave. This is the way I'm going to make decisions uh, in a way that's that's God honoring. And so, um, all of that led up to in 2002. I went to a leadership conference at. Um, Central Methodist Church, the church I met, mentioned. Okay. And at the end of that conference, they uh, they launched this new marketplace ministry called Work Matters. And it was as if my whole life had come together in that moment. <laughs> I'm just sitting out in the audience, you know. Wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. And so I went up and, and um, the pastor who had launched – the, the ministry on stage, I went up afterwards and introduced myself to him. I didn't even know him and uh, asked if I could participate. And so I got to join the original board of directors of this church ministry, which, by the way, the fact that they had the vision to have a board of directors for a church ministry instead of a committee hmm. says a lot about, you know, what the, you know, what the vision for work matters was from an early day. Right. Uh, the ministry, the ministry, um, flourished for the first 18 months that it was operating out of a church. It grew much more quickly in Northwest Arkansas than we had expected. And uh, we began to talk about maybe we should spend this out of the church and make it a standalone nonprofit organization. And so um, behind the scenes, I, I had kind of become the informal leader of this church ministry called Work Matters. <laughs> I was just so eaten up with this idea of, of, faith and work integration. And I just, everywhere I looked, I could see need for people to, to be able to, to be equipped on this. And so my wife and I, God started speaking to me and my wife and I started talking about, you know, I'm, I would really love to, to lead work matters, you know, if, if it ever became its own entity. And uh, so we privately prayed about that and, and talked to a, a few um, leaders that I trusted and, we finally got to a place where we decided that if the church did spin it out of the church, just I, I didn't feel called to, to work in a church, uh, but if they spun it out, then I was going to I was going to volunteer to lead it. And that's exactly what happened. Um, wow. I, you'll appreciate this. I got asked to give the presentation to the church board to, to spin work matters out into a nonprofit. And they um, they voted 30 to zero to spin it out of the church, which hmm. to, the, to this day, I give them so much credit for having a, 
the the ability to have a bigger vision for what this ministry could do outside of the four walls of the church. Sure. But I walked out of that meeting and the elevator doors closed. And I just remember thinking, oh, my gosh, what have I just done? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so two days later, um, I walked into to my boss's office, the now CEO, J.B. Hunt, John Roberts, who's become just a wonderful friend over the years. Uh, and resigned, and and uh, he was just shocked at, uh, <laughs> wow. at what, what I was going to go do. But I, I um, through that process, I, I became what we call the second founder of Work Matters, uh, really the founder of the nonprofit version of Work Matters. That was in 2003. And um, the last 18 years have just been an, uh, amazing to see what God's done through through this ministry. What a fantastic journey. And God really set you up for the right time at the right place and gave you the right heart. You know, it does touch on uh, the issue of calling a little bit. How does someone in that situation, how do you recognize that God's pulling on your calling, like that he's He's shifting you and directing? Because that's a pretty dramatic shift. And a lot of people in this situation that might be similar, especially later in their career, when they've got a lot at stake and a lot of uh, a lot built in their life, you know, how do you know that God's pulling on you in regards to calling? Yeah, I love that question. Uh, you know, some of your listeners will remember a guy in the '90s uh, named Henry Blackaby. He uh, he authored right. a book called Experiencing God. And Henry said that God speaks through the Holy Spirit in four ways, through the Bible, through prayer, through your circumstances and through other people. Right. And I have uh, I love that. I've experienced it over and over again in my life. And so what really happened with me in that calling was was just like it does many people. Um, just all of a sudden, I started noticing seeds being planted, unusual conversations, sitting next to someone on an airplane that that brings up faith and work to me. Okay. Uh, and I so I started journaling all of those things. And I always recommend to people when they start to feel God moving in some way in their lives, and specifically vocationally, to really start journaling what what you're experiencing and what you hear the Lord saying to you. And so often it comes through other people. And so that's really what I did for, you know, while I was uh, a part of the board of directors of Work Matters in the church world, um, I just started journaling all of these things that were happening. And uh, quite honestly, I, after about nine months, my wife and I were just like, you know, this was just undeniable. Right that this was the direction that God wanted me to go and, and to not do it, you know, would be just really unfaithful. And, uh, but, you know, as you can imagine, um, <laughs> leaving um, VP of sales and marketing job at JB Hunt and becoming the sole employee of, of a new nonprofit called Work Matters that didn't have one penny in the bank. <laughs> was a, a pretty bold step. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, we, Teresa and I were so sold out and uh, we just believed that, you know, God was, was in it and, you know, he'd, he'd work through it and he, he certainly has. Wow. What a fantastic journey. That's a great insight into calling, especially on how you hear God in those times and how you sense what God's doing. Um, it's a good reminder. I think a lot of people are being uh, pulled right now by the Holy Spirit in different directions. And there's a lot of challenge in the work world on what I'm going to do. What does my future look like? What does God want me to do? And so this is, this is really appropriate. This is really good. 
you know, as a, as you, as you move forward in this now, you know, 18 years later in work matters, uh, you know, I hear a, a pretty strong corporate story in here, you know, what, uh, you know, what has been the glue that holds work matters together? You know, you're, you guys are really influencing people. You've influenced a lot of people over the years. And, you know, now what do you see being like the glue? What's the sticky factor that holds it all together? And, you know, is it big ideas? Is it theological directions? Maybe both, you know, it's pretty unsteady times that we're in right now. So a lot of people are wondering how to hold my own, my own life together, much less an organization and a movement. So where right. are you guys at now? What's working? Yeah, uh, I, I love this question. You know, what is the glue? That's a, a, a great description or descriptive word. I, the first thing I would say um, in terms of what is the glue is is our team. We have an incredible team at Work Matters that um, that just uh, is mind boggling to me. The talent that they have, Ben Kirksey, who's been uh, with us for about ten years. He's our chief operating officer. He was the founder of uh, the Work Matters Institute, which I'll talk about in just a second, and uh, joined us as when the institute merged under Work Matters. and And I won't take the time to go through all the names of our our team members, <laughs> but. Um, it's just amazing to see the giftingness that uh, that has been brought here. So the first piece of glue for us in, in terms of navigating kind of our, our current culture and current environments around our, our team, uh, in terms of, of just kind of big ideas around that, um, about uh, 10 years ago, as I mentioned, Ben Kirksey and two other friends of his founded an organization called Kairos, and it was intended for college juniors and seniors to be a summer intern program where they had an internship in the marketplace. And then uh, one, one night a week, they would be trained on what faith and work look like. So the idea is to release these seniors into the marketplace already with a foundation around right. what faith and work looks like. Um, they did that for a season and it was very successful. They didn't want to run a nonprofit. And so they came to work matters at exactly the time that we, uh, you and I have a mutual friend, Henry Ho. Yeah. And Henry Ho and I had just been talking about uh, the need for work matters to really start focusing on the next generation of leaders uh, rather than people that were maybe more generational towards me. And uh, and that was the time that Ben Kirksey showed up and said, hey, we've got this program. We'd love to bring it under Work Matters. And we said, absolutely. We When it came under Work Matters, eventually we decided to move it into a young professional marketplace instead of uh, college juniors and seniors. Uh, there's a really funny story about behind that. <laughs> but, you know, if we have time, I'll share that later. Um, but we, we began to... Um, began to offer the Work Matters Institute in Northwest Arkansas about 10 years ago. And then in terms of the big idea, um, about two or three years ago, I really started praying and asking God, you know, are we doing what you want us to do? Are we, are we going deep enough with people? At the time, I'm a, I'm a growth kind of leader, and, and we were doing lots of different things, and most of them were having impact in different ways. Um, but I would even argue that when people said, well, what is work matters? You, there was no commonality to that. Right. We were doing so many different things. Um, and so I was just really 
wanting the Lord to kind of confirm that or maybe point us in a different direction. And he did, in fact, point me in a different direction. And, and that was uh, to really focus on the Work Matters Institute and to really focus on the next generation of leaders. Jonathan, the, the Institute is by far the most uh, transformational thing that we do okay. at Work Matters. And we've been in the small group, the, the workplace small group business for a long time. And there's a number of things that we do. But I sat in the back of the room of this Work Matters Institute for so many classes, and and I've just watched these young leaders change right in front of my eyes. And so about two years ago, we decided that uh, we were going to figure out how to scale the Work Matters Institute nationally. Okay. Uh, over the years, it's just been a, work, uh, a Northwest Arkansas thing. And so we have been working really hard, and it worked out beautifully, believe it or not, covid didn't cause us to make this decision, but the COVID season gave us kind of time and space to really try to create an architecture for what scaling the Institute nationally would really look like. And so we're in the middle of rolling that out now. Okay. We still have our Work Matters Institute in Northwest Arkansas and in Little Rock. We've also launched it in Little Rock, Um, but we've also launched the Work Matters Institute online, which is uh, a, a course that anyone can take anytime, anywhere. Um, and it's led by us. Um, in fact, we're, we're launching two classes in October. I'm just going to mention those real quickly. Yeah, please do. Um, one of them is for our traditional target market, uh, young professionals. And we, we, um, we have a pretty broad age range for what we define as young professionals, but it's basically 25 to 39 years old. So one of the classes uh, will be for that age group. And then we're, we're testing a new class at the same time in October for senior leaders. Okay. So this is leaders that are, you know, just from a title standpoint, just to give your listeners some general idea, it's probably more like a, a senior director, vice president, senior vice president kind of, of uh, group. And the idea is that those leaders – have typically so much more influence because of the breadth of of their leadership and the breadth of their uh, management responsibilities. And so we're essentially going to teach that senior leader group the same content that we teach, that we've been teaching young professionals, but tweaked more for that specific audience. So super excited about that and to be able to maybe have influence in both of those, in both of those um, age groups. Um, and perhaps it's something some of your listeners might want to participate in in October. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so that you would describe that as kind of your, your core uh, program then as you're, that you're doing right now as work. It matters. is now. Okay. That's and, right. And I, and I just, let me, if you would, let me just go back and I just, one other comment about the glue because, yeah. uh, and, and probably I should have started with this, but, um, you know, the, the great resignation that we've experienced over the last couple of years, the cultural changes that we're seeing in our world and, in our, and, and specifically in our companies, um, companies are now and leaders of companies are now expected to take stands on, on certain cultural issues. And so increasingly people, believers in the marketplace are like, how do I deal with all this sure. in the workplace? Um, also, when you look at the millennial generation and we all know the statistics of them 
you know, walking away from the church. And now, you know, Gen Z is following suit to some degree. I just heard a, 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 some market research a couple of weeks ago that by 2050, 40 million Gen Zs who grew up going to church will no longer be going to church. So uh, those two gen- younger generations uh, the beauty of all that, Jonathan, is that we all work. Yeah, we and do. <laughs> they all work. And they may or may not be going to church. And so uh, your organization and Work Matters and many like them, we have really the greatest opportunity since we've been started in the last 18 years to really help people find Jesus at the workplace. Um, and, and so... To me, that's that's the thing that's really driving us now is it is the opportunity to have greater influence for the kingdom than ever before. Yeah, it's really true, and you're almost able to provide like a uh, a stopgap for the the stop loss of people going <laughs> falling out of the church world, so to speak, in a traditional sense. But they might very well fall into a basket that's full of Christians at work and ideally wouldn't be able to tell the difference between church and all the Christians they're working with and uh, and have a very redemptive experience potentially in exactly. the workplace. And, you know, the idea is to, to, uh, to send people running back into church, you know, that they find what Christianity can really look like uh, and what faith can really look like in the workplace. And, and that drives them back into their homes it influences their homes and the way in their marriages and the way they raise their children and then drives them back into churches as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of my observations has been that one of the big triggers or factors in the great resignation has been this realization that uh, I don't have any purpose in what I'm doing and just seeking purpose and some meaning in life and something beyond themselves, even beyond your traditional hand-to-mouth work almost. And I really see that, you know, work matters and other uh, true workplace ministries can provide an understanding of purpose that really brings a redemptive uh, understanding of one's own work. And finding that almost as the gate, the door into the kingdom, into uh, salvation potentially, into becoming a follower of Christ uh, through the gate of purpose that's provided. Yeah. Well, I couldn't agree more with you, and, and to a degree, that word's gotten overused now, but it's still the right word. Uh, and and I'll tell you that the thing that that excites us the most, you know, and we use this language a lot at Work Matters, is is that we help people find and uh, and discover a new vision for their work, and that's really what you just described. Yeah. I think we're all so um, preconditioned by the world. Uh, to think about work in a certain way. And for some people, it's just as simple as, hey, it's something I don't like, but I have to do to pay my bills. For other people, um, there's there's ambition in, in work, and, but, and, you know, they're more focused on their title and how they're growing and um, how much money they're making. And, and all those things can be good if they're handled well. Right. But when leaders discover a new vision for work, and that new vision, of course, is is biblical, a biblical view of what work really looks like. It is just unbelievable. And I'll tell you, I mentioned earlier, sitting in the back of the Work Matters Institute room, 
I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard a participant in the class ask a certain question or make a certain comment. And I just get goosebumps because I say, that's it. <laughs> they, they have now crossed over that this thing that they've been so preconditioned, you know, work to be, they've now captured that new vision. They now understand what the gospel really says about work and what the Bible says about work. And then practically, you know, how you can actually begin to live that in the workplace. And so that's, that's our way of capturing just the beauty of the work of just when somebody, when somebody discovers a new vision for work, then, then we know that uh, the kingdom's going to change. Yeah. Amen to that. So speaking of uh, big things happening, um, the big work matters conference is coming up in September on September 22nd in Bentonville, Arkansas. And we definitely want to encourage everybody who hears this to consider attending either in person or online. It's going to be a great event. Can you tell us a little bit about the why of the conferences? Why does work matters do the conferences? Yeah. Well, we, we have always believed deeply in uh, gathering people into communities. <clears throat> and some of those communities may be, you know, 1,500 people or maybe 10 people sitting in a circle in a, in a small group or, you know, 20 or 30 people in the Work Matters Institute. But we've been doing uh, we've been in the event business for for all of our 18 years. Okay. Um, we believe it's a great way for people to get introduced to the idea of faith and work and those that are already deeply involved. It's just a great way to, to become kind of um, reinvigorated and, and recharged around what faith and work should look like for them. And so, you know, for many years, we offered an event called LeaderCast, which is actually a secular leadership conference that's simulcast all over the world. Okay. We had the blessing of actually being the largest uh, site for LeaderCast uh, a few years ago. We had uh, almost 2,000 people inside of Cross Church here in Northwest Arkansas going to that event. And it was great. Um, we snuck some faith and work stuff into the day as we'd go <laughs> through the day. But ultimately, we just decided you know, that, that we wanted to just be overtly helping people understand what it looks like to integrate your faith and work. And so about five years ago, we launched a very simple brand name, the Work Matters Conference. And uh, and it's just been incredible to bring local and national speakers and leaders together for a day uh, to really grow. And so this year's conference, super excited about it. It's on September 22nd. It's actually in Bentonville, Arkansas. At uh, for those of you, uh, the listeners that live in Northwest Arkansas, know the record. It's a great venue, um, smaller, which is we chose on purpose. Um, and uh, the theme this year is is transforming your work, uh, your vision for work. And I've already talked about that that vision piece. But um, and the speakers this year are outstanding. Um, yeah, you've got Jordan, some great people. Great people coming. Yeah, let me let me just mention two or three of them. But Jordan Raynor, uh, who is really a, a, a huge up and coming voice in the faith and work world. Yeah, he's written some books. He's got a great podcast. He's he's really Jordan is um, has been an entrepreneur a couple of different times in the tech world. So he's all over what you know work really looks like. But he's now really focusing on trying to help all the rest of uh, of us. Um, 
integrate faith and work. He, I just want to mention, this is so interesting. He wrote a, book, a children's book called Called to Create. Yeah. And when I first heard that, have you heard about it? I actually I bought it? it for my son to, to read to him. Yeah. Outstanding. Well, let, so I read the book. I'm like, why did he do that? You know what? That seems off. And I read the book just as you did probably. And I thought, of course, it's going to, it's going to play well with a child. Yeah. But also the parent reading the book yeah. to the child, <laughs> it, it's, it, it explains just the Genesis view of, you know, God's purpose for work in such beautiful, simple terms um, that, you know, I, I think it's, it's going to be something that uh, really resonates with people. And so we literally, uh, Jordan is going to bring a copy of that book and will everyone who attends the in-person aspect of conference will receive a copy of that book. And he, he's going to be uh, fantastic. Another person that I would mention is Megan Crozier who's the executive vice president and chief merchant, chief merchant officer of Sam's club. Okay. I'm going to interview her. She's a really strong believer and has some really specific um, uh, ways that she likes to think about applying her faith to work that I think will really be helpful um, to, uh, to the audience. And uh, Dr. Tim Elmore, the last person I'll mention is a pretty nationally known, yeah. um, author and uh, but he's he's really known for for uh connecting with the millennial generation and now gen z and now he's just coming out with a new book that's really talking about how to four generations work well together fantastic so, uh tim will be speaking uh on the main stage in the morning and then in the afternoon we have um we have workshops where people can choose between different topics that they can go a little bit deeper on those workshops are less main stage talk oriented and a lot more about just rolling up your sleeves and providing some specific resources and tools for for the participants yeah oh that's fantastic and uh, great speakers great venue uh great goals and uh, potentially really great outcomes for people so this will be a solid value uh, for the locals in the area but also it's available online right people can watch online yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, the live stream audience will probably be larger than the local audience. And so, uh, yeah, anyone who, who wants to, to be able to sit at your computer at work or to take a day off or whatever, we always encourage people to, uh, to gather a bunch of coworkers in a conference room and invest that day really growing from a faith-based leadership standpoint. That's fantastic. You know, as we wrap up here, let me ask you this last question. You know, what has God been putting on your heart recently? Like, what are you sensing from God? What do you see him doing? Do you have a word of encouragement? People have gone through a lot of trauma in the last couple of years, workplace, families, life, health. It's been a rough go, you know, a lot of uncertainty around everything. You know, do you have anything you'd want to share with the audience to encourage them? You know, I, I, um, you gave me a heads up on that question, and I just thought about it a little bit, Jonathan. And, um, and I, I just felt the Lord leading me in this direction. I, I, I think, you know, kind of the, uh, the, the focus that I have in my life right now is is so simple, and it's and it's more powerful than ever. And that's just back to what we were just talking about, and that's. And that's really what does it look like for people to have a new vision for their work? In Colossians three twenty three, um, 
is the perfect verse. That's been my kind of signature verse for the last two decades. But, you know, for those that maybe don't have that memorized, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart is working for the Lord, not for human masters. And that verse in and of itself, it's so powerful. Verse 24 then says, since you know, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you're serving. And so those two verses are just still resonate with me so deeply. And it's my heart that God will give us yourself included, Jonathan, Jonathan will give us um, more and more opportunities to, to help equip more and more leaders around those two verses. That's fantastic. Really encouraging. And thank you for sharing your thoughts on this and really explaining work matters to this audience and the opportunities and the heart behind it. You know, we hear we hear of organizations and you hear of people's names thrown around here and there, but it's really good to capture just the authentic look into someone's journey like yourself and how an organization like Work Matters came about, why they came about and what they're doing and really what God is using you all to do to influence in this season. So thanks a lot for joining us on the program today. And I look forward to hearing great reports from the conference that's coming up. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast, presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.